podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the What A Ball A podcast with myself, Gary, and as always, I am joined by Anthony Watson. How are you today? I'm good, mate. Yeah, thanks, you? Yeah, very well. Absolutely sweating from this uh, lovely heat, or um, as some people might say, not so lovely because we can't get the air, the air conditioning going, but uh, other than that, very, very nice, very nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're here for a, a week one Premier League review, mate. Let's just get straight into it. First game. Crystal Palace against Arsenal, Arsenal 2-0. I mean, what were your thoughts on that game, And Yeah, I thought it was a good game. Um, you know, I thought Palace did well. You know, Palace will be all right this season. I think they'll, they'll win more than what they'll lose. Um, Arsenal, I think, are just going to be one of these one of these big winners of the league this year. I don't think they'll... Obviously, I'm not going to say they're going to win the league because they won't, but I just think they've bought really well. Like the likes of Sinchenko and Jesus... You know, I think are, are excellent players, but they look they look good at the back, which is rare for Arsenal, wasn't it? You know, they looked actually quite solid. Um, the only one I didn't think was solid was the goalkeeper. I thought he was he was like panicking, wasn't he? But um, he got rescued a few times off his defence. But they look a good side. So yeah, they won two nil. Um, you know, it would have been nice to see Jesus get on the score sheet, but uh, he didn't. But uh, you know, an assist for Zinchenko, you know, and a goal for Martinelli, which is good to see him, you know, hit the ground running. So, but yeah, it was like I said, a good, good game, good game to start the season off. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned there as well. Um, first and foremost, Sinchenko. I mean, when we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, I remember you saying that uh, Arteta hasn't signed him to play left back, and he and he plays him left back. I mean, T and he's not fit. <laughs> um, but I do, I he's do think fit. he'll play left back. To be quite honest, I do think he will because I think the midfield's relatively quite strong. Um, unless they're going to maybe take out Jacker and put Sinchenko in there and still have Party in the centre. Um. But I thought Sinchenko was fantastic. I thought his assist for the goal was brilliant. He found great space. I mean, he was given the space, but it was a real good header across the box um, for Martinelli to score. I thought it was a really good goal. Um, and, you know, the best player for me on the pitch was William Saliba. I mean, it took him three years to get yeah. there, like, but he was fantastic. In all honesty, him and uh, and Gabriel looked quite good at the, uh, the back. I mean, I think Ben White played right back in that game, didn't he? It is. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I really liked him. I didn't. I, I completely forgot that he'd signed for Arsenal because he'd been that long. As he'd been, you know, three years in the making, as he said. But he looks very, very strong, and it looks as if you know, you know, Ben White's going to have a struggle getting him out the side. I think you know, with him playing right back, I don't think he's a, he's not a natural right back, is he? You know, he he doesn't get forward. But um, you know, he was all right. Um, but yeah, the Saliba was probably the. The standout, um, and obviously Arsenal's got you know Tommy Asu who was out injured at the minute, and I think once he comes back, he'll probably be your natural right back. So Ben White's got a bit of a fight on his hands. Yeah, but I mean, what I think what I can see happening at Arsenal, Gary, is moving to 
long term moving to uh, wing backs. Yeah. With uh, Saka and Zinchenko. You know, like Saka playing right wing back, Zinchenko left wing back. They've got through across the back there with, you know, White, Saliba and, and Gabriel. Um, or even, you know, even Tommy Asu playing as a wing back. And then you've got, you know, you, you're probably dropping one of your defensive midfielders there in Party or Zappen playing Odegaard is a little bit further forward. So they really, really are uh, spoiled for choice, I think. You know, but I think long term, that's a good formation for Arteta. Yeah, I mean, I think the team looks good. Um, you know, they've really came on since obviously last season they didn't start great. Um, but I think they've really came on. And you know, you mentioned before as well, Palace. Palace will be safe, and I totally agree with you. One player who really stood out for me for for Palace in in not in, in his defensive qualities, but in his passing qualities, with was uh, Joachim Anderson at the back. I mean, I saw like on the 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 post match they were talking about his passing ability, and like watching it back a second time, I was like. He's one of the best like pa- like passes from the back, uh, in the league. Like oh, just based off that game, I thought he was very very strong in my honest opinion. I mean, what did you make of, you know, Crystal Palace's form? Yeah, he was probably their best player, wasn't he, um, Anderson? You know, the only the only thing I struggle with 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 Palace is where's the goals going to come from this year? Like you know, Ed Edward is he going to get you? You know, 15 goals a season. I'm not overly sure. They rely still quite heavily on Zaha. And I thought Zaha, to be honest, his standards, I thought he was poor. Um, you know, so that's, that's me main worry about Palace. Uh, how many, you know, have they got the 15 goal a season striking yeah. yet? Maybe not. Um, and, and obviously, Edouard was, he went off quite early, didn't he? He went off in like the 60th minute or something. So um, he might have picked up an injury or something like that. But. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be all right. And Anderson played well. Um, I thought Jacoria played well for them as well. I thought he had a good game. Um, but you just struggled to see where you know they had they had a lot of chances, didn't they? Palace they had you know they had a couple of really good opportunities where they probably should have scored, uh, but didn't. And you've got to take them chances, especially against you know the teams who were better than you in the league. Yeah, I mean they let Ben Teke go, which was a bit of an odd one because I haven't really signed a replacement. I do, I don't mind uh, Mateta. I think Mateta is an alright player, but again, going back to what you were saying, where's the goals going to come from? I don't think they've got anyone who was a consistent goal scorer. So yeah, in that essence, I do agree with you on that one, mate. Yeah, that that should be top of their priority. Sign sign a goal scorer, you know. Um, get get someone even if it's from the championship. You know, there's still some. You know, I will tell you who'd be ideal for them. You know, Gotbrest from Coventry. You know, like a, a a proper target man. I think it would be absolutely ideal for them. Um, and I know that there's a couple of teams who are sniffing around after him. Um, and you don't know what's going on with Coventry's finances because obviously they've got this, the 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 massive you know issues with the pitch at the minute. And obviously we've heard the deal that London Wasps are struggling, and that's who they share the pitch with. So we don't know what's going on with Coventry at the minute. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I, I saw Gotrez this morning link with Everton, and, and again, like you said about the pitch, I remember seeing a picture on a uh, social media about that. Um, it is a bit of a strange one, so they might actually cash in on their better players. So Gotrez, I agree with you, might be a good shout for Palace. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll move on to you know a striker who was in the Championship who managed to score two goals on Saturday afternoon for Fulham, Mitrovic, two two Liverpool. I mean, what were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, well, I thought Fulham were outstanding, you know, and and probably the probably the performance of the week, um, you know, and I know there's, there's big winners, obviously Spurs won well, but Fulham, what Fulham had it difficult, you know, Fulham had, you know, the team who a lot of people say are going to pull, are going to push City all the way, 
didn't look like that on on that evidence, did it? You know, I thought Fulham were absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, it, there's all there's all this all this talk about Mitrovic, whether Mitrovic can score in the Premier League. He's proved. I think he's had you know he's had his year out. He scored forty odd goals last season, um, and he looks he looks absolutely brilliant. I mean, he was very readily able. You know, I thought Pereira from you know the the sign from Manchester United. I think I think that's an excellent sign for them. Um, for Fulham and he was excellent uh, but I thought um, João Paulinho was absolutely superb you know what a, what a, what a way to announce yourself um, you know into the, into the Premier League playing that well against Liverpool you know and to be fair to Liverpool they, they, had to, they had to rely you know they had to rely on Darwin Nunez coming on scoring you know, scoring a goal and assisting the goal as well but I think Klopp made an error there you know if you're signing this you know big you know 50 million striker who you know is the fox in the box why is he not starting him? You know, he'd scored in the in the community uh, shield the week before. You know, his confidence would be flying. He's had a really good pre-season. He plays with Roberto Firmino. I, I didn't I didn't understand that tactic from Klopp, but you know, Fulham absolutely fantastic. And another one I think who I think will be all right this year, as long as they can keep Mitrovic fit, then I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. I think he he, he is your fifteen goal striker. You know, um, if he can get fifteen to twenty, then they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, when I looked at Fulham's team, I thought, "Wow, this could be a demolition." But I mean, you, you look, for example, right back Kenny Tete. We were linked with Kenny Tete um, last season. Was it last season we were linked with Kenny Tete? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. On a, on a loan deal, and you know, he kept Luis Diaz quite quiet in that game. I was quite impressed with him. Um, the team on paper isn't really a great team. They've got some good pieces, but. The unity which they had against Liverpool, which, you know, is an elite world-class team, I was very impressed with. I think Marco Silva's got them, you know, drilled in a great way. And I don't feel like they really missed Fabio Carvalho, who had great link-up with Mitrovic last season, in my honest opinion. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think I think they will be safe, to be quite honest. Um, I'll judge on their performance on Saturday. Um, Liverpool, Firmino, um, I think... <laughs> I think Firmino has very good qualities that he brings to that team, but I don't think goal scoring is one of them. I think, like you, they should have started Nunez, um, which I was quite surprised about. Um, I felt, you know, that they got an injury early on to Thiago, I think. I think Thiago was missing for six weeks. I think maybe yeah. the way he's been playing, that really kind of messed up their little mentality. Um, but credit to Fulham, you know, Liverpool came at them and Fulham were really, really good. I mean... Question I'm going to ask you, Ant, is do you think Liverpool are missing Sadio Mane? Um, not particularly, no. Um, where I'd worry about being a Liverpool fan is my middle and midfield. Um, you know, you've got and, and this this is no 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 disrespect, you know, the likes of John Henderson. I thought John Henderson had quite a good game. John Henderson's, you know, in his thirties. James Milner, who came on, is thirty six. You know, you've got Thiago who he, he does get injured quite a lot. You know, Keita gets injured quite a lot. Um, as a Fabinho as well, you know, he, he get and you worry there, do you think they should be signing a younger a younger model, someone like you know in the mould? I mean, I'm amazed they didn't go for Bruno last 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 year because he would have fit right in at Liverpool. So I don't particularly think they miss Mane because I quite like Diaz. I think Diaz will be a long term better yeah. better option, you know, for you know thirty one year old Sadio Mane. But um, you're always going to miss his goals, Gary. I think so. Um, I think it's yes and no on that. Like I would rather them see them. I would rather see them go out and sign 
a, a younger midfielder who's going to you know be the engine room for them. I think that's why that's where they are lacking. I think at the minute. Yeah, I mean, do you not think that he's going to put more faith in like the likes of Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones going forward? I mean, he's well, quite the fan well, of I Elliott. I would play Harvey Elliott now. You know, I, I would personally. I know he had a bad injury last year, um, but I really like Harvey Elliott. I think he's a you know he's got the X factor about him, and um, for games like that, I, I would imagine the, you know I think the, well they are at home on uh, this weekend. I'd imagine you'll see Harvey Elliott start, and I think obviously. You know, his big error was not playing Darwin Nunes. And then, obviously, Darwin Nunes has come on, had had a really, really good game, you know. And he's going to be, you know, him and Haaland, I think, are going to be the the uh, the runners for the golden boot, I think, you know. so. But it's good to see Salah get off the mark quite early as well, you know. So he's um, he's off and running. But, um, yeah, um, I just think that, yeah, I think they just need, they're just lacking, they're just lacking that. That engine, I think they've got Palace on on Monday night. Give Harvey Elliott a go, I think. You know, even look at Curtis Jones as well and see what they can do. Yeah. And last question, just briefly on Liverpool, just tongue in cheek, mate. Do you think Mane left because he didn't want to play a second fiddle to Salah? No. No, you don't. No. Fair enough. No. Well, no, no, because of how long have they played again? They played just for three or four seasons. They won Premier Leagues, they won Champions Leagues, they won, they won everything. So no, I just it's sometimes in your in your career in, in in a club as well. It's it's it's, it's with every every kind of water life. You know when it's time to move on, and and I just think everyone knew towards the back end of the last season that it was time for Mane to move on because it obviously signed Diaz. And Diaz was was never going to be dropped this year because he just the, the 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 start he had in January and he kept it up. You know there was always going to be one of them who left, and I'm, I think Liverpool would rather it be Mane than, than Salah, to be honest. Yeah, I mean he had one year left on his contract. It was smart to cash in on him. Obviously, the the big debate for Liverpool last year was who really had the better season, Mane or Salah, um, which in turn. Maybe some people thought maybe that's what pushed them to really go. But no, I agree with you. You know, it probably was the right time. They've got 23-year-old Luis Diaz. They've got Darwin Nunez, who's 23-year-old as well. You know, they're building a new front three and they're building it around Salah, obviously, because Salah's mm-hmm. an elite world-class striker, which is fair enough. I, I get where you're coming from with that one. Um, We'll move on to the next game. Um, I'm quite interested to hear your thoughts on this game, actually. Bournemouth, Aston Villa. Bournemouth's business... Not really great in the transfer window, but played really yeah. well. Aston Villa, on the other hand, did some okay business. Didn't play very well. What were your thoughts? Villa were awful, to be honest. But I think where Villa got it wrong was with the starting eleven. You know, like I, I don't, I know Gerard's come out and said something about Tyrone Mings this week. But you've got like Diego Carlos, who who kind of speak a word of English. And Jonathan Conza were playing centre half, and I've seen Jonathan Conza play for the end of two years now, and he, he's not that leader you want at the back. So they had absolutely no communication at all. So surely there, you, you've got to give, you've got to give it. Doesn't matter what what problems you've got with Mings or anything like that, you've got to give Mings a goal there. And then he's come out this week and pretty much slapped the um, slapped the blame game on Mings. So it's strange. I mean, for me. Gerard, you've got to put Gerard up there as, as one of the top contenders for for uh, the sack race. To be honest, he's, there's something going wrong at Villa. There's something gone on at Villa. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's been like a bit of a a, um, a mix up, you know, a bit of a, a dressing room, um, you know, falling out or something. But he seems to play his favourites quite often, doesn't he? You know, Gerard. You know, you look at Leon 
Bailey and Leon Bailey hasn't done it, has he? You know, um, you know, he got his he got his prize pumpkin in in Philippe Coutinho, but if he doesn't shine for Villa, you cannot see anyone else taking on that mantle. So um, yeah, I, to be honest, I, I'm quite worried about Villa. I know it's the first game of the season; anything can happen. But they played a Bournemouth side who never really made any, you know, didn't make any great, you know, pushes in the transfer window. They signed one player, um, and Bournemouth, to be honest, looked comfortably the better side. You know, it's great to see Kiefer Moore in the Premier League, though, Gary. I really like Kiefer Moore. Um, seeing him in League One um, at Barnsley, and he's the, the one striker who I thought, you know, he absolutely dominated the game when we played them, you know, all those years ago. Um, so it's great to see him actually, you know, really, you know, hit hit the hitting the high hitting the high life now and and scoring a goal in the Premier League. You know, I'm absolutely over the moon for him. I was quite impressed with Kiefer Moore because, um, like, he has had problems with his injuries as well. I was quite mm-hmm. impressed with the way Bournemouth lined up. Um, you know, I thought it looked alright. I thought Jefferson Lerma looked really good. I think he, you know, exposed Villa. Um, but the reason I wanted to kind of really get your thoughts on Villa predominantly was because I think the same. I think. Steven Gerrard's going to be one of the first managers sacked. I think, ironically, it's going to be between him and Lampard um, yeah. as to who's going to get the sack. I think Villa looks shocking. I think you're right, but he, he wants to play his friends. He challenged Mings, but Mings had literally nothing to do with that game. Um, I think, you know, in all honesty, from day one, I think there's been issues at Villa with Gerrard because I don't understand why they got rid of Matt Target. I thought Matt Target was... A good left back, a solid left back. Mm-hmm. He was playing every week. What was the issue for him to bring in twenty five million pound rated Luca Dean, who to be fair hasn't really been great. I think Newcastle's got a steal there for twelve million for a permanent transfer when Villa have paid over the odds for a left back. Well, yeah, I... I think you you look you look long term of, of who do you need in your squad and and Villa probably another one who need a striker and and thought oh we'll just sign a left back. I think they just signed didn't you because didn't you wanted to leave? I think that's all it was. And Gerard being the excellent well, oh, we'll tackle Everton lad. You know that's what I thought that is. Um, yeah, but I agree with you. I think target long term is a better sign than than, than didn't you to be honest. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see what they do this season, but I'm not. I'm not hopeful on Villa. I think Villa might struggle, but I don't see them giving Steven Gerrard the time um, no. to to let them struggle. I think, you know, if they realise there's a, there's a known problem there, they're going to get rid of him. I think that's what will happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Bournemouth and Villa get on. I do I do feel like Bournemouth still will struggle regardless, though, of uh, how they played on Saturday. Um, another promoter team... Uh, was Nottingham Forest up against uh, Newcastle at St James's Park. Newcastle United win two nil. What were your thoughts, firstly, on Forest? You know what? After after watching Forest last year, watching the attack and football that that they did produce, you've got to say you're disappointed with them. They've had a shot on target. Um, I'm not quite sure where Lingard fits in there. Um, especially in a game where he's having to defend quite a lot. I can understand what they were doing to try and, you know, what you do out in the first half, try and, you know, frustrate Newcastle, which is what they did. Um, and But they never even had a go, you know, that, and that that was, I think Steve Cooper would be disappointed with that, that they didn't actually have a go. Um, you know, listen, Newcastle were by far the better side, um, you know, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking at the stats now and, yeah, that they've had no shots on target in 90 minutes. Um, that that's really disappointing, I think, especially when I know Newcastle arrived in this crest of a wave. They had a really good end last season. You know, they were they were, 
you know, one of the one of the top form sides. But it wasn't as if they were playing Liverpool or City where you have to defend for ninety minutes. You know what I mean? They were the had it wasn't an easy game, but it also wasn't the most difficult. Um, but you know, like I said, and like I said, they had half the job done. They, they frustrated them in the first half. Newcastle, I think, were getting desperate, and the goal that they scored from Shea, yeah, it's a great goal, you know. And I've, I've got to be totally honest with you, I'm, I would be disappointed if I was Henderson with that because I think he's he's kind of went to save it with his arms, kind of, you know, they were kind of quite far apart, and ended up going through him. But it's a great finish, and. But that was where Newcastle were. They were getting desperate. They were hitting shots from 30 yards and all that. And then once they scored, Newcastle, you knew it was only one, going to be one winner. And to be fair, I think the second goal, Callum Wilson's finish is absolutely beautiful. You know, I, I, I like that better than the first goal. Yeah. It was better technique, you know, great technique and everything like that. And um, But yeah, fair play to Newcastle. They totally deserved the win. Um, you know, that was the start that they wanted. Um, you know, I think the, the man of the match was, was Bruno. You know, it was... For me, the signing of January, wasn't he? You know, him and Diaz, unbelievable yeah. business. Yeah. But, yeah, Newcastle are just slowly getting up. That's all they'll do, I think, this season. They'll slowly get on with it. They'll improve. You know, look to finish in the top 10. Um, and you can't, you can't see beyond that, can you, really? You know, the way they started this, this season off. The, but they won't get many many easier games than that, I think, all season. You know, they've got Brighton on Saturday, and that's a really tough one. So, uh, yeah, fair play to them, though. Got the job done. Yeah, I mean, uh, I say this through gritted teeth, but yeah, Newcastle definitely deserved to uh, to win that game. The the outclass Forest, Forest tried to play out from the back, and it just totally did not work for them. Um, Newcastle by far did deserve to win the game. Um, in regards to you know the 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 way they looked, the way they have been on the pitch. Um, one player I was actually relatively quite impressed with, and I don't rate him was Almiron. I think Almiron like he looks. A lot better than he did and i think you know that's the effect that eddie house had on the team which is you know a totally fair game i think he looked a good player you go on about callum wilson there and um, scored a really good goal very technical finish from a striker um you know you expect it from callum wilson if callum wilson stays fit you will get your goals um i'm gonna put it out there though and i'm gonna make this weird prediction and simon if you're listening i hope you are um i have a feeling sven botman isn't gonna isn't gonna do it you know i've just got this weird feeling about it uh, but he didn't have to do much, did he? You know, like that's the issue. On. You know, like that, that that's really the issue. He, he did not have anything to do because Forrest wouldn't the word attacking. So, you know, long term you've got to be looking at the games, you know, against you know the likes of Liverpool, Man City, you know, Man United, Spurs. And if he has good games then, you know, he's yeah, he's probably paid his paid his way, but it's like with everyone, I think, you know, you've, you'll not have an easier game than that to, to bleed in. And, and what that'll do, though, that'll give him confidence, you know, going into the next game that he's already kept his first clean sheet, um, you know, at the back. I, I thought he was all right, you know, but you can't really judge him on, on those games, can you? Oh, I only came on for a couple of minutes and 90th minute, didn't he? But um, someone's just telling me he is a very physical presence and, you know, that's his good qualities, but he's quite <laughs> slow at the same time and he might get exposed by better strikers because there is only a couple of good strikers in the French League. So, I don't know, it's just a weird long-term prediction that maybe I don't think he'd be as good as maybe people might think he might be. But I'm hoping I'll be proved wrong with that one, like. But, 
Yeah, and you know we'll, we'll move on now to the next game. And to me, uh, I'm just looking at you. Only came on for a few minutes, didn't he? So uh, yeah, yeah. So then he had literally nothing to do. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not basing it like my prediction off that them couple of minutes. I just there's something that's telling me that maybe he might not be as good as we as people might think he might be. But that's just my opinion. Um, but one of the games which um was quite impressive and i thought they looked really good and i'm gonna again put it out there for a very bold prediction i think they could potentially do very well this season the spurs 4-1 against southampton looked totally a class above um southampton if i'm being honest with you i feel like the continent effect's really taken ironically effect on the team and um, what we all thought on spurs um yeah they went behind as well so you know showed the fighting Find the ability to come back from from one 0 down. Uh, uh, Spurs were, I thought Spurs were terrible. To be honest, defensively, they were all over the shop. But what Conte has done, he, he's just made them little tweaks, hasn't he? You know, and uh, I thought Kulusevski was unbelievable. You know, and the good thing with Spurs, you're going to be looking out with that. That Son and Kane were quiet, you know, like and, and really quiet. So for them two, who were going to be their, you know, their best players. Um, all the ones that are going to be hoping get all the goals to both have quiet games and still win four one. It's um, it's it sends a little bit of a message out, you know. But they, they seem to play with a different formation, didn't they? You know that that Emerson Royale and, and Ryan Sessegnon playing wing backs and they were both absolutely magnificent, you know. And especially it's nice to see Sessegnon because he's he obviously came with all that clamour, didn't he? And it didn't quite happen for him. Um, and now it looks as if he's just it looks as if the Conte effect's going to put. Um, going to help him in particular, so it, it's great to see that. But I still think Spurs are a goalkeeper light because I, I don't think Lloris is as good as what he was. And if they're going to play three at the back, they're going to have to find a long-term replacement there for, for Davies because I don't think he's, you know, that good there. But you know, again, what 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 all all what you need really for one at home. Kind of gone wrong, can you? Though the top of the league, yeah. I mean, I think the the long term replacement, well, not the long term replacement, but the replacement over the season for Davies is probably going to be Clement Langan, who's on loan from Manion, uh, from Barcelona. Um, mm-hmm. but no, I agree with you. I thought you know, as, as attacking fullback, Sessing on Emerson Royale, they looked good considering I thought Emerson Royale beginning of the season last year under Nuno was absolutely dross. But I like was, the way they line up in the middle with Ben Tanker and Hoiberg. They hold back while they go forward, and then obviously you got Kulu. Uh, Son and Kane, who were their attacking entity, and I remember seeing a, a couple of years back to Carl, who's our obviously our Swedish uh, representative, that uh, I felt Kulusevski would be the future of Sweden. Didn't quite reach it, but the way he's playing for Spurs at the minute is absolutely fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. and you've got to think as well; they've got um, Carlson to go in there as well. Yeah, you know, it, it, where's he going to fit in there? You know, they've, they've got a, a really good in depth squad attacking wise, and that'll only. They'll score a lot of goals, but I think they'll concede a lot as well. Um, so they need to shore up the back there. I'd like to see them sign a goalkeeper. If they sign a goalkeeper and another centre half, um, I would I would have them quite close. I'd have them challenging. Um, but yeah, they've done they've done the business quite quietly, haven't they? And um, they they probably were the performance of the weekend bar bar Fulham, I would say. Yeah, and would you say Southampton were pretty dross? I mean, they didn't look great. Gavin Bazzano made his debut in goal, who was signed from City. I don't really think he could have done much for the majority of the goals, but I just think, for me, Southampton looked very flat. Yeah, I mean, I said in our preview pod, I think they'll go down. Um, 
you know, again they're another side who I don't think they've I don't think they've got that striker in them who was going to score the goals. You know, like I mean, to be fair, Adam Armstrong, he just he was he was a passenger. Um, you know, I do like a though. I think that's a good sign, and I think he'll score a few goals for them. And he's he's very very uh, direct, so I think I think he'll be he'll be all right. But uh, yeah, it was it was a difficult day at the office, I would say, for, for Southampton, even though they took the lead. Yeah, I think you know, I, I think Hassel Hilton's got enough about him, but I I don't feel like Southampton's going to do much. I think again they'll be another team that will struggle. Um, but next game, mate. Leeds Wolves, quite an interesting one. Leeds win two one. Um, little bit of um handbags on the the touchline between uh, Jesse March yeah. and Bruno Large. I don't even know what that was actually about, if I'm being honest. But what were your thoughts on that one? I mean, I, I first and foremost, I'll say I thought Brendan Aronson for Leeds was really good. I thought I think Wolves probably probably threw it away. Um, you know, they, they took the lead early on. You know, let Leeds back into the game. And then, you know, it, it's, I mean, Saar had an absolute nightmare, didn't he? Um, and he's he's a good goalkeeper as well. Um, but he had he just he looked nervous all game as well. He knew it was a mistake coming from him. And lo and behold, you know, there is one. Um, but Wolves were a funny one because I, I don't see where Wolves have improved this year. And towards the end of... Last year, they just fell away, didn't they? I mean, I don't know what the, the whole argument was with with, Mark, with Jesse Marsh and Bruno Large, but Jesse Marsh is quite a fiery character anyway, so there was always going to be something. But yeah, Aronson was probably their best player. You know, good to see good to see Leeds get off to a winning start because obviously there was all this stuff with Bielsa last year and, you know, Jesse Marsh was, was kind of doomed from the start, wasn't he? But he kept them up. And it'd be nice to see what he what he does this season. I don't think he'll last the season, to be honest. Um, but, um, you know, good start for them and, and it's nice to see, really. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, you mentioned there about we don't see where Wolves are improved. I mean, an interesting one is to sign Nathan Collins from Burnley. Burnley obviously went down. It'd be interesting to see, obviously, what uh, you know Dan would think of Nathan Collins' transfer to Wolves. But I don't see why they've signed him because, again, you know, you said Jose Sarr had a bit of a mare, but I think even defensively they were quite poor. Cody was yeah. on the bench. The, I mean, their problem is, I mean, obviously, Jean Moutinho was injured as well, and Jean Moutinho is there, like, he's there anyway. He's like, they're. they're there went the man, isn't he? Um, but also, you know, the the striker was out and his name escapes us. <laughs> even though, uh, Raul Jimenez. Uh, you know, Raul uh, yeah. I mean, when he doesn't play, uh, Jimenez, you can you can tell that, you know, he's he's there, you know, he's their target man, he's there, you know, their linchpin. With him and Matinho both being out, I think was I think was harsh on Wolves. I think was disappointing. But they're gonna have to I think they're gonna have to bring some they're gonna to have to bring some bodies in because you looked at they look worse off without them too. But Leeds probably look better off without Calvin Phillips, who was probably their best player. So um, there you go. Yeah, Tyler Adams definitely filled that hole. And you know, going into the next game, Everton Chelsea, Chelsea one nil. Everton have just actually signed, ironically, Conor Cody on loan, which is a strange one that came from nowhere. But what were your thoughts on on that game? And we'll talk about Cody as well in a second. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I know we're going to, but that, 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 I don't know, I don't understand that at all. I don't understand why Wolves and him go unless he's asked to go. But I, I think he's an Everton fan, so um, you know, he's a scouser, isn't he, Cody? So that might be that might be something to do with this. Um, but yeah, it was a strange one. But yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I thought Everton were all right. Um, 
It all well, there seems to be a lot of like a lot of hatred out the middle for Lampard and I I probably tend to agree he's not gonna last the season. Um but yeah, I thought Everton were more than holding their own before the penalty. Um, and obviously, they've got two bad injuries. You know, uh, Dan Godfrey, who, that, that that looked a really bad one. But he's, he's well, I say he's only broke his fibula. He's still going to be out for six weeks. Um, that's the same leg break I did, by the way, Gary. Um, but, you know, that looked a horrible one. And then, obviously, um, I think Gary Mina went off, didn't he? And, um, and they've obviously not got Rick Carlos and Dominic Carver-Lewin is injured. So, but, yeah, I thought... I thought they were all right. Um, Chelsea, uh, I don't know with Chelsea. They were, I thought I thought they were they, they, they got the three points, but they were very clumbersome. I thought they, they were. I thought they were poor, to be totally honest with you. Um, so they've got again Chelsea. Do they need another? Do they need an out and out striker? They got rid of Werner. You know, Lukaku was gone. Um, they probably need a target man, I think. You know, and I, I kind of say I, I kind of see this habits playing up front uh, regularly without the like a recognised nine. I, I, I don't see that happening. They're not see, you know what I mean. So it's, uh, that's not going to work. So I think they need to go and sign a, an out and out striker. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to play a false nine with Sterling through the centre or Havertz. Agree with you there. It's ironic. I said two weeks ago when we did that review podcast that I think Werner's going to go back to Leipzig and he has. Um, yeah. But, you know, they can't just, they just can't seem to find a prolific striker. And to be quite honest, I haven't been able to find a prolific striker since the days of Drogba. Um, I don't know who they can actually get in that team who's going to get them a lot of goals. Lukaku's had two attempts at it now, hasn't been able to do it. Werner's not being able to do it. Um, yeah, they do get goals from Havertz, but Havertz doesn't get as many goals as, you know, a 20, 20 goal striker would do, like a Salah or a Kane or whatever. Maybe they should bid for Kane. Maybe that'll work for them. There's I would them. like to see them give Broha a go from the start, you know, next yeah. uh, in the next game um, and see what he can do. Uh, yeah. I'd like, I think that that's probably going to be better off for them. I, I just don't think they're, they're good enough to play without a recognised number nine, but, you know, Everton were the same, you know, they were both, it was both teams, you know, who were, you know, the front three for Chelsea was Mount, Stern and Havertz. You cannot see them dominating games, can you? You know, and Mount's very much in and out. Sterling was, you know, hitting Missy last season for for City and, and often was on the bench. And Havertz, who, who is a good player, you know, I do like Kai Havertz, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be your twenty goal a season man. So it'd be nice I'd like to see him give Roy a go and see what he can do. And to be honest, if I was um, Thomas Tuchel I'd more than likely be dropping Kante and bringing Conor Gallagher in and just letting him have a go you know what what, what can go what, what really can go wrong really you know why are you playing two defensive midfielders you know give Gallagher a go see what he's like that's an interesting one you drop Kante over Jorginho um, well yeah to be honest yeah um, I don't understand at all why you play Kante and I know he's I know he's the engine I know he never stops running but at home, you know, do you really need him? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, either or. You know, I'd like, I'd just like to see them give Conor Gallagher. You know, they've, they've said from the start for, after we come back from Palace that he's not going out on loan. You know, they want to do like what, like basically what City's done with Phil Ford. They want to, you know, nurture him and get him up there. Give him a go. You know, what, 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 what can hurt? Yeah, I can get on board with that. Ray Gallagher. He's a very, very good player. Um, 
I think you know the, the, you make good points there. I I probably go for Jorginho over Kante if I'm dropping one of that one of them. Like, cause Jorginho only scores penalties. I'm sure Sterling can score penalties as well. Like, um, right, he misses them and all. <laughs> uh, uh, that's true. That's true. But I, I mean, uh, we'll move on to another game which I thought was you know quite underwhelming. I feel like there's a, there might be some genuine issues there. Is is Leicester two two against Brentford? Mm, and they were two nil up as well, weren't they? It, it looked as if. You know, for all of the love, like, yeah, they have struggled with the transfer window and I, I think they, they've lost, obviously, Casper Schmeich, which I think is a massive blow for them. But they went 2-0, 2 nil up and they scored, you know, just after half-time to make it 2-0 and you thought, oh, they, they, they're just going to run away with this. But in all fairness to Brentford, they were never out of the game and I like, I mean, I, I, I like I like what, what Thomas Frank's done there. I really, really like Brentford and, you know, Ivan Tony scored a nice goal and, and uh, Josh De Silva you know, football manager legend scored. Um, so yeah, I mean Leicester. Uh, I don't know. I don't know with Leicester. I don't know if it's if it's because the the financial fair players come in with them and long term, then when the leagues cost them financially, which is it's, it's weird, isn't it? That's a, that's the way it works. Um, but no, it was a good game. You know, really, really good game. You know, end to end. So um, I thought Leicester were excellent in the first half, but Brentford. You know, they just never give up and, and yeah I think the draw at the end was probably a fair result yeah I mean that's what uh, Thomas Frank's instilled in Brentford he has for years I mean they've just confirmed the sign of Mikel Damsgaard as well for their midfield for 16 million which to be quite honest if you've seen him play is quite the steal um Leicester I, I think Brennan Rodgers is a great manager and I don't see them being in any massive trouble regardless whether or not to sign one player, two player or no players but I do think there's mitigating issues there potentially even financially because you know, they've got rid of Casper Smite. Yes, he's 35 year old. So let him go on a free transfer and they've given yeah. another one shirt to Danny Ward. James Madison, do you think he'll go to Newcastle before the end of the window? Nah, I think they would have accepted it by now if they really needed the money. I think they would have accepted it. So I don't see him leaving. Um, I think I think he will stay. Um, I, I think the money will come from somewhere. You know, I think they'll find the money to, to, to get a couple of signings in. But I think they're on about signing Alex Smithies, aren't they? From uh, from like former Huddersfield goalkeeper. I mean, that's I'd be quite worried if, if Smithies is going to be your number one. I, I would imagine he's come to sit on the bench. But um, you know, Ward's to be fair to Ward, Ward's past. You know, he's waited his time at Leicester, and he is a good goalkeeper. So I think he, I think they'll be all right there. With with him being with him being their number one, you know, I, I don't I don't see much of an issue there, um, and they've got Iverson as well, haven't they? Um, who's a more than able deputy, so I think they're all right goalkeeper wise. It was a shock to see Shamir Ward. It was quite sad actually, but you know, obviously needs must. Yeah, I think Ward got number one shirt, so I think Ward will be their number one. And Dan Iverson is on the bench as well, who, like you say, is more than able. Do you see them keeping hold of Fafana, Tielemans, and Justin in this window? For final good, Chelsea. Um, you know, Chelsea will they will get him. Tienemans, I think, will stop until at least January. Um and uh was he on Sion Shaw? Uh just Justin, Justin, yeah. Yeah, I think I think if he'd had a good season last year, but because he know he's only just come back, hasn't he? So I think it's probably best for him to have this season. You know, have an injury-free season and then maybe move on to one of the top sides. He's a, he's a fantastic player, him. Yeah. Fantastic footballer. 
and he's British as well, which is great for us. Yes. Yeah. It's someone else that we had around Talent Pool, which is fantastic. Um, so when we want to Sunday's games, two games, you know, we, we have Man United against Brighton, Brighton 1 2 1. Pascal Gross, by the way, was absolutely excellent. Man United, same old story. Eric Ten Hag isn't going to change this in one game. He's probably not going to change it in five, six games. What's your thoughts on that one? I thought Man United were absolutely awful, you know, and, and when you saw them lining up and you were like, they're playing Ericsson in a false nine, you were like, right. But then when they brought Ronaldo on, Ericsson was playing the deepest of the midfielders, so you were like, well, what are you doing? You know, it was it was very much a hodgepodge, I think, you know. Again, you know, they, they need to make a decision on De Jong, you know, they need to sort out whether De Jong's, if he's coming on, they've had a, a fee agreement for nearly six weeks, and now apparently he's off to Chelsea. So it's like, you know, if, if that's what they've put, they've thrown all their eggs in his basket and he ain't coming, then they need to move on and sign some targets. Um, you know, I thought, were, I thought they were dreadful. You know, I really, I really do. And, and it must be difficult for Ten Hag, who's, you know, come in and, and you know, the pressure's already on you and you're seeing that. I mean, it was, it was awful, but he's probably shot himself on the foot as well with his team selection. You know, if Ronaldo's fit enough to be on the bench, I'm probably starting him um, just because he's got that factor about him. Um, but, you know, we're talking about Manuel here when we really should be talking about Brighton. You know, Brighton were absolutely outstanding. Um, Danny Welbeck up front was brilliant, you know, and probably the best game I've seen him play for for, for Brighton, especially, you know, and um, it's good to see him do that against his former club because obviously they let him go. Um, Pascal Gross with two excellent finishes, you know, Brighton, just I, I love what Graham Potter's what Graham Potter's done there, you know, and they just decide now who are just spoilers, aren't they? You know, they'll they'll go and they'll beat a Man United, they'll beat a, a Chelsea, you know, they'll 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 give Liverpool a game, which is what they did they, what they did last season, um, you know, they're just a good side, they're just a good honest Premier League side and, and well established now, spend money the right way, well run club, brilliant manager. Um, and you know, just ev- I think everyone likes Brighton, don't they? You want to see them do well. Um, so, but yeah, fully deserved three points. You know, I thought they were, I thought they were good value and probably should have been more. I totally agree with that in regards to Brighton. Um, what I noticed for Brighton is uh, Graham Potter, one of the best coaches, you know, in Europe, in my opinion. Uh, he is a fantastic coach. He's doing a really good job over there. Um, but what I've noticed for Brighton is they tend to sell off players. And then replace them with relative unknowns who want to be really, really good players as well. So they are already building like a good team. I mean, who had a year of Zuma? And uh, he made a massive name for himself just last season. Went moved on to Spurs. Um, they've got yeah. that uh, Enoch and Wepu who came on as well, and I think he'll have a really good season this year. Um, because I yeah. don't think Miller that... as well who's went to Chelsea. You know who who yeah. knew who he was last year, and, he, and they've and they've gone and you know made a massive profit on him. He's gone to Chelsea. They'll reinvest that money in in you know, in, in in the squad in the scouting network. Will probably find that next gem. It's that, that's the way you do it. You know they've done it. Brentford have done it. Where they sell they become you become a selling club you know but that's not a bad thing you know that that that's actually quite a good thing you know where you know that these players aren't going to be there for a long time so you, you turn them in the best you can do on there you get a good profit you reinvest that money and you're financially stable you know it's a fantastic way to look at it's a great business model yeah i agree with that and another thing coming out of the brighton game Neil Malpe was on the bench and didn't even come on and you would have expected him more likely to start over Danny Welbeck. But like you say there, Danny Welbeck was 
was great, really good. So was Trossard, you know, so was um, Pascal Gross, Lewis Dunk. I thought McAllister had his moments. Robert Sanchez made some great saves. So not not taking anything away from Brighton. I thought Brighton were fantastic. I do just quickly want to mention to you about my United. I think my United centre mid is a massive issue. McTominay and Fred are just not good enough. I mean, mm-hmm. Who would you have in your centre mid right now if you were Man United manager? Who do you think is going to improve your team? Well, but they want De Jong, don't that's where De Jong's going to go. But for me, you know, and this, I think this is one of the reasons, pardon me, this is one of the reasons why I brought Ten Hag in, Johnny Van Der Beek. You know, he's, he's been under him at, at, at Ajax, you know, and, and obviously the Man United signed him for a reason. You know, surely Den Hag knows the keys to unlock Johnny Van Der Beek, you know, and you kind of tell me that they ain't going to go through the season playing Fred McTominay, you know, and to be honest, he brought the wrong one off because McTominay was looking to still be on the pitch anyway. And then they brought Fred off and you, know, you look, I mean, you look at some of these signings that, that, that Brighton have made and then and then you look at like Man United shelling out money for Fred and he's just not good enough, is he? You know, and, and but that, the man you have gone backwards from the wheel have always been, you know, we'll go back to the, you know, the class of the class of the 92s and everything like that. And, the, they always invested in their youth, and that you don't see the next big thing coming from the youth, from the youth development, do you? You know, you don't know who that's going to be, and there was always someone to you know get excited about for Manu, wasn't there? And the Sabre have gone away from that model, and they need to go back to it, I think. Um, but there's, it's just going to be another year of trials and tribulations where they'll they'll look good for about a month, and then they'll look bad again. But the the long term. Basis of manual is they need to get rid of the Glazers. You know they need that that seal to happen to that club because you know obviously the Glazers aren't that and aren't that involved in it anymore. And the fans don't want them there. Yeah, I mean, I do think there is some good youth in their academy, but I definitely don't think that Marcus Rashford is the answer. Um, I think I think he's been figured out. I don't think his head's even in it at Man United, and that's probably due to you know the off-field stuff that goes on with Man United. I do think they need to add a couple of good players in that team. I think Bruno looked pretty flat as well on, on Yeah, he did. Uh, he um, which is a shame considering, you know, last season we're looking at him as their best player by high in a mile. And, you know, he, he is one of their best players, don't get me wrong, but I just thought he just looked like he couldn't be bothered if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to, you know, see what Man United do because I thought they were really boring to watch as well. I thought Brighton... 100% deserved the win. Graham Potter, fantastic coach. Pascal Gross had a great game. Um, but we'll we'll move on to the last game, which was the Hatas 4 kickoff, which was West Ham Man City. Um, City 2 0, two goals from Haaland. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, West Ham 0 early in Haaland, too, wasn't it? Um, you know, and, and, and he got written up, well, not written off, but everyone was like, "Oh, is he this good because he had a bad because he had a, he had a bit of a bit of a nightmare in the, in the community shield?" I know, I, I know, he got your ball the other week last week and all that. I mean, listen, you know, every striker is entitled to have a bad game, and on Sunday you saw why City, why everyone is talking about Erling Haaland because he was absolutely magnificent, you know, and and that was one of the first times I've seen him live properly and I wanted to see what he was doing in the Premier League because obviously you know you, a lot of players have come from the from the Dutch league and from the from the German leagues um you know and the French leagues and you know from from Europe and haven't quite hit hit the heights you know you look at like the likes of Matthias Kesman remember him you know and everyone was talking about him when he went to Chelsea um and he didn't quite <clears throat> hit their heights but you know 
Haaland was phenomenal. You know, he, he could have had five, very easily, he could have had five goals. Um, I thought City were excellent. Um, I like the way, I like the new kind of tweak that Pep's done with his formation, because obviously they have to play Haaland as that central striker. But they've got Foden and Grealish playing off him. I actually thought Jack Grealish was fantastic as well. And I think you're going to see this year what why, you know... Um, City played a lot of money to Villa because I think this is Grealish's second season now where he probably has to hit the ground running and he did. De Bruyne, that pass, unbelievable, you know, for the second goal. Um, and this is without, you know, they're still without Laporte, you know, at the back. Um, you know, he's still out injured. The the, the sign of the left-back line from Anderlecht who, who, you know, I think will go in there. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's still, you know, improvement to come in City. Um, but... I thought Seth Harland was just mint, wasn't he? <laughs> He's just fantastic. Um, and to be fair, looking at West Ham, um, they've got a bit of a problem in that, again, Antonio doesn't look like he's going to score many goals this year. They've signed Scamacca, haven't they? I, think, I hope I've said that right. And he, a lot of pressure's on him now because I think he needs to score. He needs He'll to score goals. by the end of his career. He'll uh, get, he will get goals, Scamacca. Yeah, well. yeah, he's a good player. So I, I'm not I'm not overly worried about West Ham. You, you know, it's a, hard, it's a hard task to play City first. You know, someone's got to, but... Um, you know, we, we've all tipped City, haven't we? You're all tipping them in our preview pod. And yeah, they look, they look, they look good, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, City, Erlen Haaland, first and foremost, ball of the uh, week last week. It was for that miss, not because of his ability, because he's an elite world class striker. I fucking love yeah. Haaland. But a lot awesome. of people did seem to like write him off, though, didn't they? Oh, After one game, like, oh, he's a fraud, this, that, or oh, you can only score in the Farmers League and all this stuff. And you've got to give someone like that, I think you've got to give them five or six games to. You know, I mean, he's only a young lad as well, but it was good to see that his dad was there to watch him and all that. And he would have looked at that and he was like, oh, we'll put it right. And, and he did. And this and that bloke's going to score 40 to 50 goals this year. If he stays fit in all competitions this year, the man's going to score 40 to 50 goals. He could have had five easily on uh, on on Saturday. And probably the, the hat chance where he headed over the bar was probably his best chance out of the and he missed it. So, you know, he's, he's just going to go from strength to strength. Yeah, and I would I would agree with that. And you touched on there that you know Man City assigned Sergio Gomez. He's not going to be part of the team this year. He's a development player. He's going to go mm-hmm. back on loan to Angelect, although he is twenty one years old, and I do think he probably has something to offer. But that's again not my decision. Um, but you know you touched on De Bruyne's pass through for the second goal, and that pass was an elite pass. Um, probably one of the best passes I've seen from a centre midfielder this week as well. Just the, the vision and the pure glide to get the ball through was great. Um, West Ham, I thought. Look, bang average. I don't think Bowen did much. Um, I did think Skamata came on. He did change the game a little bit. I mean, he nearly scored a header. Um, but this guy's not fit. That's why he didn't play him. He, he had to bring him on because Mikel Antonio just clearly wasn't in the game. Um, but I think West Ham will be all right. I think they might add another couple of players to the team. They were unlucky with Fabianski um, going off injured and Ariola coming on because Ariola kind of switched off for the penalty, really. It was him that gave him away. Um, yeah. But I think they'll be fine. You know, I think the business is, it's not fantastic, but it's enough to see them through. I think Flynn Downs is a good player to come in and cover for Deck Rice or, or Thomas Suchek. But for me, City's going to be winning that league. I mean, Jack Grealish, me and you have different opinions on 
Grealish. I mean, it is a big season for him, and I have said, you know, he really needs to impress this season. It is make or break, in my honest opinion, for him. Um, I was very disappointed that you got points in the dream team uh, for him, though, because I didn't think he was a seven rated like. But that's just that's just my opinion. Well, I, th- I thought he was excellent. <laughs> I thought he was absolutely excellent. You know, like every time he got the ball, he was looking to do things. You know, he was putting dangerous balls in the box. He's changed. He's I think he's changed his game a little bit. Uh, you know, to to go with what Pep wants him to do, and I I just think this. This year, that that that's going to be Pep's fear. I know Pep changes every, and it's hard when you're a dream team manager to pick a Man City side or pick a player, especially a midfielder or a striker, like a former player who who was a Man City player, because he always changes them. Because he's got they've got obviously Bernardo Silva, they've got Mares, you know, even Palmer, you know, I think he'll get more of a game this year. So you've got to be careful. But that's probably because he's played that that front three. Um, the same in, in terms of playing last week in the community shield he played it this week so that's going to be his preferred from three especially in the league and I think Green, I think Greedy should be I think Greedy should be a beneficiary of having a really good season this year um, but I honestly thought he was excellent like you know even with me dream team hat off I thought he was one of the better better players on the pitch I think he looks better he doesn't die. He doesn't go down as much. I think he does look better. I mean, I'd love to know what Pep said to him when he told Pep to go do one. Um, that was an interesting thing on the touchline. But yeah, I mean, um, you've got him in your dream team, and you know, we mentioned just before, um, we started the pod that uh, we're gonna kind of you know give it a little bit of light-hearted touch. I mean, who would be your player that you'd be putting in your dream team this week to to stand out? Who would be your recommendation? Um, just looking at the fixtures, City have got Bournemouth at home. Um, you know, you fear for Bournemouth there, don't you? You know, with uh, City first home game, Erling Haaland's first game at the Etihad. The play, it's probably that it's most the most ideal opposition they can get. You know, where Bournemouth will just go there and try and defend. I think they'll pick them off, and I think Erling Haaland will score a hat trick. So I'm going to have to say Erling Haaland, even though it's probably quite predictable. That's fair enough. I mean, if people have the money, why not? I wish I had the money to put Holland in because I definitely would. But I just thought I'd uh, thought I'd stick with Martinelli, Jesus, and Salah for me, like at the minute. But you know, got five transfers to make before the end of August. Who knows? Eh? But um, we'll move on. Lastly, to our baller in Ballick. And I mean, who was your baller for this week then? <laughs> um, again, I want to go. I'm probably gonna have to go out in Ireland. You know, just debut. In the Premier League, two goals. Probably should have had a hat trick. Swore on live television. That so class, yeah, <laughs> it, it's going to be. I'm going to sound like a right Erling Haaland bot boy, but I just kind of, you know, him on Mitrovic because I thought Mitrovic, you know, to to come back from, you know, everyone was saying he's not good enough. He's good. He's too good for the Championship. Not good enough for the Premier League, and he absolutely destroyed Van Dijk. So we'll give it a joint baller. And we'll give it a joint baller between Erling Haaland and Alexander Mitrovic. I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. Um, mine. I don't know if you've seen this, and um, I only saw the video about an hour, hour and a bit ago. Um, but it's gonna be uh not a footballer, but more a tennis baller, Roger Federer. Um, I don't know if you saw. Um, five years ago, he, he met a young lad by the name of Zizou, and uh, Zizou wanted to play him in tennis, so right. he didn't want Roger Federer to retire until he turned pro. Right. So he turned pro. Um, yesterday, I think. And Roger, they the had like a present, like a for him turning pro, and it was Roger Federer played a game with him. Well, Spartan, did he win? <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know the the result, but all the comments said he, I bet Roger Federer demolished him, like, um, which you know, 
I probably would agree. Um, but no, I just thought that was very classy. You know, Roger Federer is one of the greats of the, you know, the tennis side of the game. Um, I just thought it was really, really classy, you know, to, to put that out there. And, you know, my ball aches quite a basic one as well. And same old United, really, at the end of the day. Nothing really has improved. It's clear that the, the issues are, are on the pitch, uh, affecting uh, off the pitch are affecting what's on the pitch. Um, something needs to change. You know, you touched on before that the Glazers need to go, and I would totally be in agreement with that because there's clearly yeah. something going on in the boardroom um, for United to not be the force that they once were. Yeah, um, my ball aches probably Cheltenham Town. Um, you know, getting absolutely smashed at home to Exeter um, in the League Cup. I think that's uh, to that's a really, really difficult one. I think oh, either that or covering up being able to play on their own pitch. Um, so uh, yeah, but um, yeah, every time you see a seven nil, um, you've got to think badly for the for the side who are on the receiving end of that. Yeah, brutal, absolutely brutal. But yeah, um, interesting one, definitely. And you know, going into week two of the the Premier League, uh, it'd be interesting to see you know how some some teams, which we'll talk about in a little bit more detail tonight. Um, get on. Um, one team that I'm going to be very intrigued to watch again this weekend is going to be, you know, Aston Villa. I think I'm going to be very intrigued to see how they get on against Everton. Frank Lampard's Everton. You know, them two are probably two of the managers that are considered, you know, to be up for the sack race. I mean, what would be your mm. game to watch? Um, I'm going to say Brighton Newcastle. Um, I think that's that's very intriguing game. Both sides will you know, want to. Get into that top ten, you know, maybe you know, make a push for the for the Europa League, you know, especially more in Brighton's case, I think. So I think that's going to be quite an intriguing game. It's going to see how, you know, Newcastle are going to be sorted at home. I think you know, with fifty thousand fans behind them, but it depends what the belly's going to be like away from home. And a lot of Eddie Howe's really good results last year came away from home, so I think that's going to be an intriguing game. Cool. No worries. Well, we'll see how both those games get on. I'm sure we'll have a chat uh, over WhatsApp about our two games of the the week, which we're picking out, and you know we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, and it is uh, twenty to ten, mate. I'm gonna let you go because I know you're you. work and you're back to work tomorrow. But uh, cheers for jumping on. It's been nice to uh, you know just have a, a chat about week one of the Premier League and what our thoughts are and what our potential you know predictions and stuff are going to be for for the rest of the season. So cheers for jumping on, mate. Yeah, no worries. See you soon. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back again with another edition of the Water Ball Lake podcast next Friday as well. This one will go out Friday the... I don't even know what day it is tomorrow. Is it the 12th? 12th. Uh, Friday the 12th, and then we'll be back with another edition next week. But guys, thanks for listening. Take care. Good night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.